Let's start here. We may not stay here. Mark 10, verse 17. And when he was gone forth into the way, this is speaking of Jesus. When he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And that's a question right there. Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? There's none good but one. That is God. He didn't even know, but there's a reason he was calling him good. Verse, four, or verse um, 19. You know the commandments. Jesus is responding to him. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not lie or bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Whew, I don't know if I can say that. Watch. And then Jesus beholding him, I love this verse. Jesus beholding him loved him. He loves you. He loved him and he said to him, watch, I want you to see these next four words. Jesus said to him, one thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Verse 22, and he, not Jesus, the young man he was talking to. And he was sad at that saying, and he went away grieved. For he had great, or many, or much, Possessions. Possessions. You know, we're, we're, we're funny creatures, aren't we, human beings? Um, we can get sentimental about the strangest little things sometimes, or we can, you know, certain things are of great value to one and not so much to another. We can really get attached to stuff. I've... I've got sweatshirts that I've had probably, not probably, definitely way too many years. They still fit. Might as well keep them. Um, maybe. But we get attached to stuff. I find an interesting thing here in this verse that seems to be a challenge to our spirit as people. And, you know, sometimes we focus on that verse and we're like, oh, man, I, I got to sell everything. And no, this was the, the Lord was reaching to the one thing in the heart of this young man. 
one thing he said you lack. And the interesting thing about you and I following the Lord, you ever, can we just be real this morning? You ever struggle to follow him? Ever, ever a battle following you? Man, I, I know I should be going this way following him. But man, I, Jesus addresses this thing in this young man's life. And the element is there's one thing. And I, I found this just turning in my spirit. I was, I was praying for different ones over the last couple, three days. And you know, sometimes we want this, um, we want the Lord to be like the genie in the bottle or the lamp, whatever that genie was in. We want him to be like that, like I'll kneel down at the altar and I'll rub my hand over it and pray and he'll come out and I'll tell him what I want and he'll grant my request. The Lord really doesn't work that way. I have watched individuals through the years of my life with the hand of God on their life and the call of God on their life and the beckoning of God on their life. And I've watched them have experience and relationship with God, but never come to the fullness of God's design and then turn and walk away. It's like, how in the world did that happen? And oftentimes, I can't say always, from my perspective anyway. But oftentimes I can look and I can, I can point to one thing. One thing. I have individuals coming into my mind right now, no one that you would know. Because, you know, I haven't spent my whole life here. I'm 52 years old. I know individuals that, like I described to you, drawn of God, filled with the Spirit, God desiring to work in their life and use them. But the one thing was a relationship they weren't willing to let go of. I'm not talking about a husband and wife. You understand? I'm not going, oh yeah, that's it. I've been trying to get rid of my husband for years. I just, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, or vice versa. That's not, no. I'm talking about, I know individuals that had a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend and they had this, and they just, one was trying to walk in the will of God, the other one wasn't. And rather than sever the relationship, they let that one thing cause them to, I find it saying, it says he was sad at the saying and he went away grieved. One thing, whatever that one thing is, they, they held on to. God has, you know what? There's not a one of us in this room this morning that God does not desire to work through. Do you believe that? He wants to operate and function and flow through your life and mine. Every one of us. So I have a question for you. If he's not using us the way he wants to, what's wrong with him? 
What's wrong with him? Oftentimes. See, sometimes we, here's what the adversary gets us to do. I'll look at 53 different things in my life that God wants you to fix all this then. No. That's really not how it works. I got all kinds of stuff in my life. I still need him. He's still working on in me. When I was a kid, we used to sing a song. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. You ever heard that before? Said it took him just one week to make the moon and the stars, the sun, the earth, and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. And so he's still working on me. And he's still working on you. But oftentimes the hindrance to him using us the way that he wants to is we can be like this, what is in another passage called the rich young ruler. We can be like him where we're just holding on to one thing. And that one thing can be different for every single, probably is different for every single individual in the room. It may be the one thing we're refusing to release to God. It may be the one thing we just keep going back to rather than saying, God, I'm done. I'm See, the reality was, it says he had great possessions. You've heard this before, and I'm sure it's not original with me, but the reality is he was going to lose all those possessions somewhere along the way anyway. Right? He wasn't going to take it with him. But the challenge was those possessions had him. And so I realize this may not fit for everyone today, but I've, I feel like for some that are praying and asking God, Lord, and all of us have prayed this maybe recently, God, use me. God, I want to do greater things. You have a desire to walk and please God. I have this desire. And I'm talking to myself as much as anyone in this room. And this has been my experience to go deeper in the Lord and to go deeper in our relationship with him and to go where he's leading us more and more. The Lord will come and say, right now, I want to talk about that one thing. And we'll be like, Lord, yeah, let's focus on this right now. Why does the Lord? Because, see, the Lord knows our frame. He knows how you're made, and he knows how I'm made. And he knows those areas where I can be really stubborn. And I know I'm in a room full of stubborn people because we're human. Some of us are more stubborn than others. So pray for me. But the Lord comes back to that one thing. That one thing. Why? Because I'm certain God in his infinite wisdom and knowledge knows the hold that that one thing has on you or I. And so, see if you're going, well, how come he doesn't deal with them about that? They have the same thing. Well, because it doesn't have the hold on them that it has on you or me. And so he deals in those areas. Is this making sense to anybody? 
he deals in these areas of our life where things have a grip on us. You ever heard, you ever heard the story of the little boy? His mom had this beautiful priceless vase that had been given to her, passed down through generations. And he comes to his mom terrified one day, tears running down his face because he knows he's about to get it. And his arm is stuck in that priceless vase. Small little opening. He'd stuck his hand in there. Now he can't get his arm out. It's stuck. They're trying everything. And, his... and they're coming to the conclusion, the only way to get this boy's hand out is to break this treasure. You've heard this before. We've got to break this priceless thing to get. And finally, they're getting ready to break it. And the little boy says, Mom, do you think it would help if I let go of my ball that's in there? What was happening? He was holding on to something that kept him from letting go of what seemed to have him. And I think that's what happens to us sometimes spiritually. We're like, God, why can't I move past this? Got to be willing to let go that one thing to this man. One thing. Now, I don't I know our human nature would say, well, why don't you tell me what the one thing is for me? You probably know already. For some, oftentimes it's a place of forgiveness. An unwillingness to forgive and release. But to keep holding on. And thinking, as long as I'm holding on, some, but really the fact is I'm in bondage because I'll not release in forgiveness. I've witnessed it where at times it's a, a failure to take responsibility for what I should take responsibility for. Does that make sense? This one thing that maybe I keep... Kicking the can, you know that's you understand that statement? I keep kicking the can down the road. Ha, ah, one day I'll do. But I know, I know according to the word, I know according to what I've learned through the years by the grace of God. I can't keep pushing that responsibility down. I've got to, if you will pardon the expression, ladies, I've got to man up and take responsibility for what I know I should be responsible for. Sometimes that's the one thing, and the Lord's just waiting. Just waiting. But what the adversary does is no doubt, I'm sure, what happened to this man that we just read about. And you know, this isn't just a story, this really happened. Jesus wasn't telling a parable here. A man came and fell in front of Jesus and asked him, What do I have to do to inherit eternal life? find it funny, ironically, that he used the word inherit. But here he is at the feet of Jesus. Jesus gives him the answer, and he walks away grieved. Grieved. You know the indicator that 
you and I, if we are resisting the Lord in a thing, usually the indicator is I'm grieved. I'm grieved. Grief is a product of not doing what the Lord would lead me to do. But I believe another thing he was dealing with is, right, there's fear. Fear. Now, is fear of the Lord? I'm not talking about we should have a fear of the Lord. But does fear come from the Lord? No. God is love. Perfect love casts out fear. But see, the adversary causes us to fear what we may lose. To fear what that means if I take that step. To fear what that means if I act in faith to what I believe God is really dealing with me about. And we've all done it. We've made these statements. I would, but... You ever said that? You ever told God you would, but? Or I will after. Or I will once I, as soon as I, right? You can fill in the blank. You understand? I feel the gentleness, but the urgency of the Lord. He knows where you are. He knows your frame. He knows my frame. And, and I, I really, I'm about done. I, I can say this 53 different ways, and there's no need in doing that. You and I have to determine. And this is for all of us. Because I believe all of us would desire to go deeper in the things of God. And to be used greater by the Lord for his purpose. All of us. And so areas where, and it doesn't mean the Lord is always like, that one thing, buddy. That's how we picture God. Be, no, no, he's gentle. He's saying, hey, is there anything we read in that that made you think the Lord was unkind to this man when he asked the question? I think it's the reason why Mark penned these words. When he said it, Jesus loved him. He loved him. He didn't ask him. You know, Jesus wasn't like, go sell everything and then bring it to me. No, Jesus was saying, Get rid of that one thing that's holding you up because what it's doing is it's keeping you from following me. Give that to the poor and come follow me. Here's the problem. Jesus was accessible to him. Right? He was able to go to Jesus. Jesus was accessible to him. He wanted Jesus to be accessible, but he didn't want to follow him. And there's a vast difference. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Would you pray with me just a minute right there where you are, please? God, your love reaches to us because of your desire to use us. Your love reaches to us simply because you love us, God. I don't want anything to be in the way of walking and following you. I don't want anything to hinder the relationship with you. I don't want anything to hinder where you'd have me to go in you. I pray an awareness and a recognition in our spirit, God, and honesty before you. 
and willingness to wait upon you to know what we ought to do. To know what we ought to do. It's, we are, understand clearly, we are not saved by works. Okay, so this isn't about doing something to have some works-based salvation. This is about following Jesus. Now, for him, his unwillingness to do what Jesus asked him to do, we don't know the end of that. We don't know what the end of his, but we know he went away grieved. Maybe he came around some at some point. I don't know. But at this point, he walked away grieved. But he had asked the question, what should I do? And the Lord may, I've found in my experiences, there may be areas where the Lord begins to deal with me about a thing, but I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do as he begins dealing with me about it. I feel like I need to share this because maybe that's where some of you are. You're like, man, I know God's dealing with me in this area, but, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now. I know he's dealing, but what am I? What you've got to do is you've got to get in a place of prayer and say, God, instruct me, guide me, show me what I'm supposed to do with this. Show me what I should be doing here. Help me to take the next step. And then if you get direction, take that next step. There's safety in a multitude of counsel. The Lord won't lead you like this all over the place where you're erratic and scrambled and chaotic. Now, he may not lead you in a straight line, but you understand when the Lord leads you, it will make sense spiritually. It may not make sense in the natural. But the Lord doesn't yank us around playing games with us. He divinely directs us. And so... Let there be a willingness to say, Lord, I'll do what you instruct me to do, the next step I'm supposed to take. Would you stand with me this morning? Jesus' name. I have, I feel like there's so much I want to say, but I feel like in doing so, I would be over explaining something. I have to trust the spirit of God to deliver into your spirit where it's supposed to go. I, uh, I have witnessed times where I've talked with individuals through the years and I've talked with them about reoccurring things in their life. And I'm like, sir, we've talked about this before. Here, I'll pick on Brother Lewis. I'm not, I, can't, I can't think of anything right now that him and I have talked about a hundred times, but let's just say we have, okay? And the Lord, aren't you so glad the Lord is patient? 
Aren't you thankful that He is merciful? Aren't you thankful that He is long-suffering? Okay, so He's still that, so don't misunderstand this morning. But don't let His mercy and His long-suffering become an excuse not to do the one thing. That make sense? The Bible talks about how people will be judged because of God's long-suffering because they have decided, well, because God's long-suffering, I've got more time and more time and more time. But the long-suffering of God is supposed to get us to a place of repentance, not a place of procrastination. I felt that for somebody. So I feel the gentle nudging of the Lord trying to get us to stop procrastinating today. And so it's a hypothetical. So Brother Lewis comes to me. God's dealing with him about an area, let's say, okay? And he comes and talks to me, and we have a conversation, or maybe he's talking to another brother. And we talk, I'm like, Brother Lewis, I think maybe I think it would be good if you, why don't you da 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 whatever. Okay. And he goes away. He goes away. And he mulls over it, right? Because he's procrastinating or he's, or maybe, or maybe it could be a myriad of things, right? Maybe he didn't like exactly what I said. Maybe he's going like, I don't know if that was God or not. Or maybe he's afraid of what happens if he does what I said or what God said. Don't, don't make it about me, okay? Maybe he's afraid of what he does if he does what God said. Or maybe he's feeling pressure from other areas. He's like, man, a different time. He procrastinate. So time passes. A month, a week, a year. I don't know, months, whatever. And Brother Lewis comes back. And he's talking to me again. And we're talking about the same thing. And I give him the same answer. Share with him. I think, you know, probably you should consider. Yeah. I'll be praying with you. Okay. And he goes. I'm not exaggerating. I can tell you there's times I've done that three and four and five times across years at times. And there's been, they're rare, extremely rare, but there have been times where I've said, you know what? I just don't know what to tell you. Was I being unkind? No. Again, don't make it. There are times where the Lord comes to you and he deals with you. And it's like the, it's like the child. Man, I didn't see this coming this morning. It's like Sister Vanessa. No, 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 no. I just said that because she's the child between mom and dad. Right? It's like, I know this has never happened before, Brother Lewis, Sister Julie. But it's like the child that comes and says, Mom, can I? And mom says, oh, no, no, no. And so the child goes and says, Dad, can I? <laughs> Parents, you know what I'm talking about. 
And dad says, yeah, sure, baby. You're my favorite little girl anyway. Go for it. And she goes and does it. And Sister Julie says, what are you doing? And Vanessa says, dad said it was okay. What did she do? She, she went until she got the answer she wanted. And we do that with God. Well, I did talk to my brother, but I didn't really like what he said. I know he's prayerful, but I didn't like the response my brother said. So I'm going to go talk to another brother. And some people will avoid talking to me because they probably know what I'm going to say before they ever talk to me. And some people will avoid talking to you because they know what you'll say before. All right. That usually indicates that God has already dealt with their heart, but there's a resistance to the one thing he's dealing with. You say, well, for me, it feels like it's a whole lot of things. Why don't you just do the one thing and then see what he starts dealing with you about next? Don't make excuses because there's 50 things. Focus on what God leads you. It's like, man, he's really dealing with me right here, right here, right here. And if you're actively, if you're actively pursuing the Lord, the Lord will begin to use circumstances to deal with that one thing sometimes. He'll begin bringing people in your life. He'll begin bringing circumstances your way. He'll begin doing these things in your life and mine to begin to say, I'm going I'm to hone in on that. Why would he hone in on an area in mind in your life? I'll tell you why. He loves you. Oh, he's just trying to punish me. He's trying. No, he loves you. And so he's reaching to that area saying, I want you to follow me. I have plans for you. I know the plans I have for you to bring you to an expected end. I know the plans I have for you. But I got it. We're going to go a little deeper here, but you got to let me into this area that you're not letting me deal with. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, give us grace today. That's already been prayed. It pierced my spirit when it was prayed earlier today. God, give us grace today. Because we can't do this in our effort and our ability. These are not our own human works, Lord. But these are things you enable us to do when you ask us to do something. When you ask us to release something. When you ask us to take a step, uh, you enable us to do it, God. Uh, let us press beyond the noise of the adversary. Let us press beyond our human nature and walk in the spirit and faith. Uh, let us take the step of faith today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Give us a boldness and a courage by the grace of God to take the step of faith. Uh, in Jesus' name, I pray. In Jesus' name, I pray. In Jesus' name, I pray. And I'm trying to... If you need to go and ask somebody for forgiveness, do it. Stop putting it off. If God is dealing with your heart about an action, stop procrastinating. Act on it. Act on it in faith. Stop giving room to fear, doubt, excuses. Act on what God is giving you. Don't walk away grieved.
on it. Act on it. One thing, one thing, one thing. It's a barrier that the adversary would like to try to use to keep you from fully following him. Don't fall into the deception that, well, Jesus is accessible and that's good enough for me. Follow him. All that I am, God, is yours. All that I am is yours. Everything I am, God, is yours. I want to follow you wholeheartedly. You want to talk with him right now before we go today. I want to follow you completely. I want to follow you wholeheartedly. I want to follow you with everything in me, God. Everything in me, Lord, everything in me, Lord, all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind, all of my strength, everything in me, God, everything in me, Lord, let there be nothing in me that would hinder walking in your spirit. Let there be nothing in me that would hinder me following you the way you desire. I trust your leading. I trust your guiding. I trust your instruction. Ah, Father, I'm not interested in religious routine. I'm interested in walking in the power of your Spirit. I'm interested in walking in victory and authority the way you intend, God. That there be nothing that would come between you and I. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Jesus said just before he went to Calvary, he said to his disciples, soon before going to Calvary, he said, the prince of this world has come and he has nothing in me. Prince of this world has come and he's got nothing in me. What was he declaring? He was declaring there's nothing in me that the adversary can lay hold of or grab hold to, to keep me from fulfilling my God-given will and purpose. He can't use anything against me because there's nothing in me for him to hook into and lay hold of. There's nothing he can hold over my head to keep me from doing the will of God. There's nothing he can grab onto that would hinder me or keep me from walking in the will of God. That's what Jesus said. The prince of this world's coming. He has nothing in me. As a result, he could obey the Father and go to the cross. What would allow him? He was all man and he was all God. And he was tempted in all points like as we are. What would enable him? as a human being to fulfill the will of God. Nothing in it. He wasn't holding on to anything and there was nothing the adversary could hold on to. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
I pray impart grace into people today. Impart grace into our lives today. Father, I want to hear your voice and I want to obey your voice. I want to hear and obey. I want to be obedient to your instruction. I pray strengthen these men and women of God today to do each of us what you would have us to do, whereby your will is done and you are glorified. In Jesus' name I pray. Why don't you pray for your neighbor with your neighbor right now, if it's appropriate. Maybe a brother can find a brother here. Maybe a sister can find a sister. And would you pray for one another today? It's okay to step across the aisle and get out of your seat. Please find someone. Let's pray a prayer of faith.